We are here because Jesus was hung on the cross. His body was ripped apart. He was wounded for our transgressions. Isaiah 63 from verse 3 to 5. He was chastised for our peace. By whose stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. He took all our sorrows. Hey, there's no reason for us to remain sorrowful anymore. Because he took all our sorrows. He took all the pain in his body. Every sickness that can be named here upon the face of the earth. He has taken care of it. So there is no reason why we should, you know, we should submit ourselves to sickness and disease. Because there is one who died on the cross. That is why on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread that was on the table. It was just ordinary bread. It wasn't a special bread. It was that food that, we, that they were ready to partake of. And the cup was the drink that was on the table. He took and broke it and he gave to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body that was broken for you. He said, this is my flesh. He sanctified it. When you sanctify something, it ceases to be normal bread. It ceases to be normal drink. It becomes the flesh of Jesus Christ. Let me correct something here. It's not representing. Uh-uh. It is indeed the broken body of Jesus Christ. They are not elements. It is indeed. That is why he himself took the cup and said, take it. This is my flesh that was broken for you. And take, drink, this is my blood. Hallelujah. So we find that when we take communion seriously, we are healed. We are delivered. We are sanctified. We are set free from every yoke of bondage. We are made free. We are made holy. We are made righteous because of the broken body of Christ. When he hung on the cross, Every sin, every filth, every iniquity, whatever it is from your forefathers even was taken care of in the body of Christ. So there is no reason for you not to succeed in life. When you continue looking back to your forefathers, no, when you are in Christ, you no longer belong to your natural bloodline. You now belong to the bloodline of Jesus Christ. So the iniquities of your forefathers ne will never affect you in any way unless you permit it. Whatever they have done, whatever they have committed, it has no longer any power over your life. That is why that body was broken to take away all our iniquities into his body. Those sins that your forefathers have committed, some of the sins that we, we commit effortlessly, it's not because we wanted to, because it was in the bloodline of our natural parents. But then when we come into Christ, it is all taken care of. It will no longer affect you when you come into Christ. Communion is not for everyone. It's for those that have given their life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And therefore, it must be taken weightily. Paul writes in the first book of Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23 to 26 that when you come, you must take the body weightily. Some people fall sick. Some even die because they don't know how to discern the body. They don't know how to take communion. You must examine yourself. You must take it weightily because this is precious, the blood of Jesus. We must not treat it with spite. Hallelujah. We must know that this is the best antidote drug. When we read the word of God in John chapter 6, hallelujah, from verse 35 going downwards, it says, it's where Jesus said, take, eat my flesh. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will never taste death. It's there in the word. You will never taste death. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. Choose. Do you want to die and be resurrected 
or you just want to live. I choose life. I choose to live. I encourage you to choose life, to choose to live. He said, when you eat my bread, you eat my flesh, you may never take death. So when you are sick, take communion. Take it daily in your fam- with your family. When you're having your supper, your dinner, your lunch, whatever it is, bless and sanctify and declare, this is the body of Christ. This is the blood of Jesus Christ. And service your body every single day with the broken body and the blood of Jesus. We have experienced miracles with this communion. We take it daily. Even if it's Fanta, even if it's Coke, we pray over it. We sanctify it. Even if you don't have bread in your house, those sweet potato, that, you know, whatever it is, bless and sanctify and declare this is the broken body of Jesus. This is the blood of Jesus. Don't wait until we do it in church. Do it. This is one of the most powerful mysteries the church has been given. But because of ignorance, we are not using this mystery to service and to gain victory in our lives. So today we are going to take communion. There's something that I read on the Facebook, you know, written by Bishop uh, Pius Mube. I think you know him, uh, the controversial one in Zimbabwe, where he said, <laughs> you know, when they take communion, you know, they, they receive miracles. He says, yeah, in our Roman Catholic, we also experience miracles. It's not just the Pentecostal churches that receive miracles. For example, there's a lady in their church, you know, in their diocese of the Roman Catholics, you know, has been taking communion for the past three years. You know, not, nothing else but communion and still alive. That's a miracle. It's called a miracle meal. These meals don't even underestimate the power of communion. Because with the same blood, death was stopped. Death can be stopped with the blood of Jesus. Demons, they leave your life when you appropriate daily the blood of Jesus. If there's anything that the devil hates, is the blood of Jesus. So, I'd like to invite um, our ushers in the house. Yes. Is the Uragu? Okay, the ladies are coming. Okay, that's fine. You can come. Thank you to help us. Uh, I want you, when before you take communion, to appreciate the value, the power behind communion. It is powerful. Communion. It is powerful. Hallelujah. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. Once it's prayed for, it's easy to be normal bread from the grocery store. So I would like you to come, Pastor. I would invite Pastor that they can help us. Praise the Lord. Shall we all stand and stretch forth our hands and join our faith together as I pray, as I consecrate this bread and the drink. And we take it as the blood and the broken body of Jesus. Whatever is in your body which is not strengthened, Today, as you take this, I declare and decree perfection in your body, perfection in your bones, perfection in your mind, your spirit, and your soul. Everything out of order in your life, I command it to come into order. Every imperfection perfected, every misalignment into alignment. In Jesus' mighty name, every area that where there was confusion, I speak clarity. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for open doors. I thank you, almighty God, for the right doors opening. Every wrong door being closed behind. In the mighty name of Jesus, I break every satanic chain from everyone. Oh God, we have been trying, oh God, to accelerate but seemingly going backwards. I pray for divine acceleration, divine upliftment, divine power by the grace of God in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this bread and this drink. Father, we bless it. We sanctify. We consecrate it in the mighty name of Jesus. And now we declare that this is indeed the broken body of Jesus. And this is indeed 
the shed blood of Jesus that was shed for the remission of our sins. We thank you for victory in the house as we partake of your body and your blood. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. to our feet and just receive the man of God as he's ready to come and deliver the word. Let's receive the word of God in our hearts and the word of God is the one that delivers us and when we meet with faith, it's profitable. Let's put our hands together. Amen. We can do better than that. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you hear me okay? Amen. We thank the Lord. Amen. Uh, thank you for our wonderful MC. Amen. Uh, Pastor Terry, thank you so much for a job well done. Uh, for leading us uh, in, 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 in opening the service for us in prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, are you happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Uh, come on, somebody. Let me hear some excitement. Amen. Hallelujah. If we can, let's, let's, move. let's move and occupy the front seats. Amen. If we can, can we do that? Amen. Let's all come close. I won't bite you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, it is an honor for me this uh, morning uh, to welcome in the house, hallelujah, uh, Pastor Vini and Apostle uh, Debbie Wiggs in the house, hallelujah. Why don't you just, come, come on, let's, let's welcome them in the house of the Lord, amen, hallelujah. Come, come, come and say hi to us, come on, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah. I'm going to allow them to just come here and uh, 
and, and say hi to us, and there is something that's happening that is Friday. I wanted to tell us as well what it is all about. Amen. I will also elaborate on it furthermore uh, later on in the service. Amen. 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 Let's welcome Amen. them. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise we God. praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. To God Amen. Be the glory. We thank God for you all this day in the name of Jesus. We Amen. thank God that it, it is indeed the day that the Lord has made. Amen. And we shall rejoice and be glad in, in it. it. Amen. 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 We thank God for everything he's doing in this church. We are grateful to God for your pastors as well as everybody, the leadership in this church. We have been praying for you all. We continue to pray and lift you up. We know that God is doing great things here as well. Amen. So I just uh, want to uh, thank Pastor and his wife for allowing us this morning to be here. And also um, for Pastor speaking, he's speaking at, at the conference. He's actually chosen for me this retreat because I have to do deliverance that morning. So usually Amen. I'm tired in the evening. I can't do <laughs> the and you, I usually do it, but I get very tired. But I wanted to also encourage you that, um, you know, the word, the word of the Lord says, you know, when we encounter trials in the book of James chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, it says, when you encounter any trials of any sort, count it as joy. Hallelujah. Because that Amen. causes your faith mm. to be strengthened. Yes, Amen. And so many times when we're going through situations, we want to say, you know, God, you know, you pray it away. Take this thing away from me. But God is saying, no. This is the time, this is the season. You know, this is the last quarter of the year, so there's a lot of spiritual warfare mm. that is, is taking place. It is, it's intensified during the last quarter of the year. The enemy is busy wanting to make sure that the word of God that God has spoken through to you the entire year is not coming to pass. Hallelujah. But it will come to pass mm. if you just hold on to it tightly. Hold on to that word tightly like you would anything else in your life because God is faithful. He has never stopped being faithful, and he will never leave you nor forsake you nor fail you. Amen. Amen. And so I, I want to encourage you. You know, when we say count it all joy, people think, what are you talking about? Well, the Bible says in everything, give thanks. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything. It doesn't say for everything, but in everything. So when you're in that situation, give thanks to God. You know, when we were worshiping here towards the end, I just just went into praising God and thanking God and just thanking God mm. and thanking God and thanking God. Why? Because when you thank God, that's what produces the miracles. Hallelujah. And the Bible says it is the will of God. Mm. So if you want to be in the will of God, you want to make sure that in every situation that you're dealing with, there's nothing that's impossible. All you do is thank God. Hallelujah. Real quickly, there was a man whose daughter died, or son died, and he was in the office. He never went to the hospital. But this son was, in the, was with a brother. They died, bad him, and put him in the morgue. The other son called him and his mom were waiting at the hospital. His father was in the, in the office, and he didn't really, he said all he could do was just remember the, his words of thanks to God. So all day long, for five hours, he just stayed in the office. Father, I thank you. Jesus was Lord. Father, I thank Hallelujah. you. Father, I thank you. Mm. Then he felt led of the spirit to now go to the hospital. Well, because he felt he didn't need to rush to go. When he got there, by the time he was getting there, the son who was waiting was like, God, Dad, where have you been? Something has happened. Apparently, when the boy was in the morgue, he got up, you know, he just woke up. Something happened where they put him in, in the fridge or whatever, and he got up. And when he got up, whatever he came with, the heart problem he went with to the hospital, everything had disappeared. The miracle had taken place. All because he remembered the father for five hours thanking God. I'm here to encourage mm. you tonight. Just mm. thank God mm. for the good mm. things and the Hallelujah. great things that he has done because it shall be well with you. The Bible says in Isaiah 3 verse 10, say to the righteous, it shall be well with them. Hallelujah. So we're here, we're here to just encourage you to say it is well yes. and mm. it shall be well yes. with you and your loved ones. Amen. And as you continue to thank God in everything, count it all joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I'm going to be very short here. <laughs> thank God for your life. Thank God for receiving us today in this church. Amen. I pray that you'll be blessed here Amen. in this service. Amen. And Praise the Lord. I thank the pastor and his wife also for receiving us today. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much, Apostle. Thank you so much, Pastor Jim. Uh, we praise the Lord. Amen. We love you so much, and we are excited about what God is doing with you uh, throughout this nation uh, as we minister the word of God, as we are being ambassadors for the kingdom of God. We just, uh, I continuously pray for you that uh, even as you raise that uh, 
uh, that banner of the kingdom of God that God will continue to, to do mighty exploits with your lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word this morning? Why are you all still sitting far away? I won't bite you, I promise. Come on, let's, let's occupy the front seat. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's, let's come on up, up to the front. Amen. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to try in the next uh, 30 minutes. Amen. To deliver something that I believe God has in store for this house. Amen. Uh, we are going to turn our Bibles real quick to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 uh, verse 21. Second Timothy, uh, chapter two, verse twenty-one. If you are there, say I am there. If you are still looking, say still looking. Hallelujah! We'll give you a moment. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It is an honor when God blesses us with His mighty presence. Amen. There is nothing that can compare to the glory of God. There is nothing that uh, comes near in comparison to his glory. When his glory visits our service, when he is here, and you can feel that the presence of the Lord is here. David says, I would rather be a butler in the house of the Lord than be a king in the tent of the wicked. Hallelujah. There is nowhere else I would rather be, hallelujah, but to be in your presence. Hallelujah. He says, one day in the house of the Lord, hallelujah. Ah, it's like a, it's more than a thousand elsewhere. Hallelujah. When you are in the presence of the living God, that's where healing manifests. Hallelujah. That's where deliverance takes place. Hallelujah. That's where the miraculous happen. Hallelujah. That's where God gives you what no man can give you. Hallelujah. That's where God gives you what no preacher can give you. Hallelujah. When one-on-one -on -one you are in intimate relationship, intimate fellowship with God, when you prostrate yourself before him and you say, God, here I am, and the Lord says, and here I am too, hallelujah. When the clouds of glory visit us, hallelujah, the word of God tells me that in the, in the wilderness, the glory of God will come down in the form of a cloud, and it will rest upon the tabernacle, hallelujah. And all Israel will bow down because they will know that the king is in their midst, hallelujah. They will know the Lord is in their midst. When the pillar of fire goes before you, hallelujah, it doesn't matter what night season you might be going through, but when that pillar of fire is with you, nothing will come nigh to your dwelling. When that pillar of fire is close to you, hallelujah, that the enemies will, will, will flee. The word of God says, though he might come in one direction, he will flee in what? In seven directions. That's what it means to have the presence of the Lord, hallelujah. I would rather have the presence of the Lord, hallelujah, than anything else, hallelujah. I'm just setting the tone for this house, hallelujah, to know that it's okay if a preacher does not come here to stand and preach because the Lord is ministering. Because he is the minister of ministers, hallelujah. He can touch you in a way that no man can touch you. He can transform you in a way that no man can transform you. He knows your desires. He knows your very needs, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse uh, 20. But in a great house. They are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for what? For every good work. Hallelujah. Prepared for every good work. Amen. So the word of God has just told us in a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and silver. So it means in a house, there are diversities of vessels. There are diversities of vessels in a great house. The greatest house that we can talk about is the house of the Lord. 
Because the word of God tells us about how Christ went on Calvary, how he died. After he died, the church was born or the church was birthed. We are given an example or a typology of this in the Old Testament. We see the Lord saying to Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. So he says to Adam, Adam, I'm going to put you to sleep. So he takes Adam, he puts him to sleep. Adam sleeps. Then as when Adam wakes up, the Lord, he wakes up and he finds that the Lord did a surgery on him. The first surgery that's ever recorded in the Bible. He put him under anesthesia and he fell asleep. Then he took something from his side. He took a rib from his side. And from that rib, he, he created a woman. And when Adam wakes up, he, was, he wakes up and he finds that he has a wife. Hallelujah. And he says, this is the bone of my bone, the flesh of my flesh. Hallelujah. Then it was a type pointing us to what Christ would later on do in the New Testament. Because in the, in the New Testament, we hear that after they had crucified Christ, and there he was hanging on the cross. The centurion comes to, uh, to, to check to see if Jesus had died indeed. So he looks to the two things that were on his side. And he finds that already they were dead. Therefore, uh, actually they were still living. So what they did is they broke their bones to make sure that they died. Hallelujah. But they get to Jesus. We know Jesus was already dead because the word of God tells us that. He says, Father, my spirit do I commit to you. And the word of God says, and he gave up the ghost. Hallelujah. Meaning that he, he died at that instant. Hallelujah. So when the centurion ca comes to Jesus, he finds that Jesus is, what, is already dead. So he takes a spear just to make sure, perhaps or by another chance, that Jesus is not dead. He had to make sure. So he takes a spear. He thrusts the spear into the side of Jesus. Now the spear goes through and pierces the heart. Hallelujah. Now we hear that water and blood what gushed out or water and blood came out because their heart had exploded when Jesus was being crucified. Because for the first time since creation eternity or since eternity beginning, hallelujah, since bef before the beginning, that is the beginning was there, hallelujah. The beginning that we know in Genesis to be the beginning, that's not the beginning. There is a beginning that is a beginning that is a beginning that we are not sure of, hallelujah. That we know nothing of, hallelujah. We only know the things that were revealed to Moses because the word of God says, and Moses says to the Lord, Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord says, I will not, no man can see my glory and live. So he takes him and he puts him in the rock and says to him, I will only allow you to see my, my hinder part or my behind. Meaning I'm going to allow you to see into the events that preceded you. So he begins now to see the events that took place before he was born. And he's taken to the, to, to the very beginning where God says, the word of God says, in the beginning was the way, was the, in, the, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And he begins to see a picture. He begins to see this movie before him, hallelujah, where God is creating things. He begins to see the spirit of God hovering upon the waters. And he begins to hear a voice speaking from the heavens that says, let there be light. And all of a sudden, hallelujah, light comes into being, hallelujah, into existence. So the Lord is beginning to show Moses the things that preceded him or the things that occurred before him, hallelujah. Now, when God had finished creating everything in the garden and everything was ready, he says, now it is time for me to create my, 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 my most beautiful creation because I'm going to make this creation after my own image. So what material does he take to create this, uh, to this, this creation that he's going to make after his own image? The word of God says he took clay and he began to mold a man. Then the word of God says, and he made him in his image. Hallelujah. So we are made of clay. So how come the Bible then says, in the house of the Lord, there are many vessels. Some of, they are not only vessels of gold and silver. 
but there are also vessels of clay and wood. Where is the gold? If we are made of dust and clay, how all of a sudden do we become gold? How are we translated from being a vessel of clay made from the dust of the earth to become something that's as beautiful as gold? The word of God tells us in the house of the Lord, they are not only vessels of silver and gold, but they are vessels of clay and wood. They are vessels of honor and dishonor. Then the word of God says, now purge yourself. Now, when the word of God says, in the great house, I said the greatest house, what makes the church a great house is because of the price that Christ put on it. That he valued it so much that it was created, it took his life to bring it into existence. It took Adam to fall asleep for for Eve to be made. Hallelujah. Therefore, when Christ woke up, when he rose up on the third day, and he says, this is my church, hallelujah. This is my bride. The word of God says, as, 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 as Christ loved the church, husbands love your what? Your wives, hallelujah. So talking to us about how God loves the church, that's what makes it a great house. The love and the passion that God has for his house makes it a great house, hallelujah. But in this great house, They are vessels of honor and dishonor. How be it in that the house that God made, in the house that God died for, that there are vessels that are of dishonor? What is the way? And there are people that are made of clay within the house. Where is the gold coming from? Where is the silver coming from? The word of God says, purge yourself therefore. From the latter, right? So in other words, it's not addressing the people that are outside the house of the Lord. It's talking to us who are in the house of the Lord. In a great house, a great house like like high fellowship, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but there are vessels of clay and wood as well. There are also there are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Where? In right fellowship, in the house of the living God. But today my question is, which vessel are you? And the Bible then puts and gives us a challenge. Page yourself from the latter, right? You don't be content to be clay. Hallelujah. Don't be content to be dust. Don't be content to be wood. Hallelujah. It's saying page yourself, meaning that the responsibility now is not on God because God already made this house to be a great house desiring for only vessels of what? Gold and silver, right? He paid the price and he made the provision and everything that's necessary to necessitate you being a vessel of gold. Nothing lacking. The word of God then says in the book of 1 Corinthians and says you do not come behind in what? In any gifting. You are gifted beyond measure. Hallelujah. Every gift dwells in you. Hallelujah. Every precious gift is in you. But how come we are still clay? How come we are still wood? Hallelujah. What kind of a vessel are you this morning? What makes a a great vessel? Sometimes when we talk about human beings, When we say we are talking about gold and silver, we are talking about a level of greatness. Did you ever hear what the Bible says about John the Baptist? It says of John the Baptist, of the people that are born of women, there is no greater than who? John the Baptist. Ah, What a name. Hallelujah. That says the word of it's God giving a testimony of John the Baptist. It's not John the Baptist saying, I'm the greatest of all people that has ever been born. But it's the creator that's saying this one is gold. Hallelujah. It's the creator that's saying this one is a vessel of honor. This one is different. A few weeks ago, I spoke about Daniel. 
And I said, the word of God says there was an excellent spirit that settled upon Daniel. It's God giving a testimony of a man. A man made of what? Clay. Hallelujah. A man made of what? Dust. And the word of God says, of all the people born of a woman, no one is greater than John the Baptist. A testimony that's coming from heaven that says this one is an extraordinary vessel. But when you begin to look at this man, you begin to hear that when he heard that Christ was doing exploits, he says, I must decrease and he must increase. Hallelujah. God is looking for a people in our generation, in his house, that will say, Lord, I must decrease that you might increase. That's the attitude of greatness. Hallelujah. That says, Lord, I must die to who I am. Paul says, it is no longer I that lives, but it is Christ that lives in me. Hallelujah. What a vessel of greatness, a vessel of honor. Humility goes hand in hand with greatness. It's an attitude of humility. The word of God says Christ himself did not think it robbery. Yeah, being God, to become man like us. Then the word of God says, humble yourself as well as Christ did. Consider others better than yourself. An attitude of greatness. Where you say, Lord, I must decrease and you must increase. Not my will, but your will be done. John the Baptist says he must increase and I must decrease. No wonder Christ says to him, there is no one like you, Christ, than John the Baptist. Hallelujah. The word of God tells us of a certain man called Elijah. The word of God says, Elijah, a man of like passions. What is he talking about? It's describing his maker, the material that created him. Hallelujah. That he was created from what? From clay. But even though created from clay, there is something unique about him. He went on his knees and said, Lord, there will not be rain in this land for three years. Hallelujah. And the heaven said, Whatever you say, we will oblige. Hallelujah. And then he went again and said, Lord, it's time that the heavens give rain. Hallelujah. And he prayed, and the word of God says, and he said to his servant, go and check and see if there is rain. The servant went one time, he came back and says, there is no sign. And says, go again. Hallelujah. Uh, vessels of great honor are vessels that are tenacious, that are diligent, that don't give up easily, but that still knock until that door opens. Are vessels that refuse to take no for an answer when it comes to the things of the kingdom of God. Elijah said, I will not take no for an answer. Go and check again. Hallelujah. Vessels of gold are vessels of faith. When the servant came and said, I see a cloud as small as the hand or the fist of a, of a man. Elijah said, he stood up immediately and he says, go tell the king to hurry back to his castle because the rain is going to overtake him. Hallelujah. Rain is going to overtake him. Rain is, is on its way. I'm not wait, going to wait to see the, 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 the sky being dark with clouds for me to believe. But I know that I know that when I pray, the God that I pray to answers me. Hallelujah. Ah, the word of God says, and Elijah said, tell the king to hurry back to his castle. Vessels of honor are vessels of prayer. What distinguished Elijah from all people? The word of God says he was a man of like passions like we and you and I. But he went on his knees and he prayed. Vessels of honor, hallelujah. They are vessels of prayer. Because it is through prayer, hallelujah, that we bring the divine hand into this world. It is through prayer, hallelujah, that we cause, uh, hallelujah, the, the power of God to be made manifest in the earthly realms, hallelujah. It is only through prayer, hallelujah. Great vessels of vessels of honor are vessels of faith. The word of God says the just shall live by what? 
by faith and not by, by sight. So there are vessels that live by sight. That everything is according to what makes sense. But there are other vessels, hallelujah, that seek for a city whose architect, whose builder is God. Uh, there are other vessels that lift up their eyes. And the Lord says, what do you see? And they say, I see land. And the Lord says, this land is your possession. Lift up your eyes and see what no man can see. Hallelujah. Abraham lifted up his eyes. And the Lord says, as far as you can see, what can you see? Vessels of honor are vessels of great sight and great vision. You have to have a great vision, great insight, great perspective. When others see demise, you see an opportunity for increase. When others see toil, you see an increase. You see an opportunity for promotion. The word of God says when they say there is a casting down, you say, Lord, there is a lifting up. You say, Lord, this is my opportunity for greatness. This is my door to another level. Vessels of honor are vessels of great vision and great sight. The word of God says, without vision, my people perish. Without vision, people are cast off restraint. If you are going to be a vessel of honor, you have to be a person that stands for something. Or you fall for anything. Or you follow anything. Or you follow any wind of doctrine. But you have to stand on the word of God. A vessel of honor. Hallelujah. Precious as gold. Hallelujah. The word of God says in the house of the Lord, there are many good things. Some of honor, some of great honor. What distinguishes the vessels? A vessel of honor is a vessel of obedience. Yeah, obedience. If you are, the word of God says, sacrifice, obedience is better than sacrifice. If you see to these things that I'm talking about, they have levels. Obedience is a great thing. Uh, sacrifice is a great thing. But if it is devoid of obedience, then it ceases to be great. There has to be a level of what? Of obedience. Vessels of honor are vessels of great obedience. If we are going to purge ourselves from being vessels of dishonor, we have to be a people of obedience. We have to be a people of vision. When I'm talking about vision, when it comes to this house, what do you see? Do you only see the four walls that are big buildings? Or do you see great things? When I see, when I stand up here, even if five people come to church, I'll preach like I'm preaching to a thousand, to a million people. Because I see greatness. I don't see empty chairs, but I see greatness. I see increase. Hallelujah. What do you see? Great vessels have the perspective of an eagle. The word of God says, they that wait upon the Lord, they will soar and mount up on wings like an eagle. Hallelujah. Great vessels are not chickens. Chickens only eat, they have their eyes in the dark. Picking up on the breadcrumbs, on the leftovers. But eagles are not so. Hallelujah. Eagles, they soar up on high. Hallelujah. Eagles soar up on high. When trouble comes, when the storm comes, they say, thank you, Lord. This is my opportunity to go higher. And the ego goes above and beyond the storm. Hallelujah. Ah, great vessels celebrate times of, 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 of turmoil and times of distress. Yeah. Because they are meant to kind of put you to your next level of destiny. That's what great vessels do in the house of the Lord. They are not moved by every small thing that comes by. They are not discouraged by every small thing. Vessels of honor in the house of the Lord are vessels that are correctable and, and teachable. Yeah, the word of God says what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. But fools what? Despise knowledge. Fools despise knowledge. Clay despises knowledge. The way we were made up in clay. Hallelujah. When we are operating in the realm of the flesh, that's when, when somebody comes to correct you. How dare they approach me? Who do they think they are? 
How dare they correct me? Hallelujah. Because there is something that has been amplified, which is the fleshly thing, which is the clay. Hallelujah. But vessels of God know what it is to go through fire. Because for gold to be gold, it has to go through the refiner's fire. Then it comes out as gold. Hallelujah. Let fire, hallelujah, mold you. Let fire mold you. Hallelujah. Vessels of honor are vessels that are acquainted with fire. Hallelujah. They are vessels that are acquainted with fire. They are vessels that love correction. When Paul is writing to Timothy, he's giving very important instructions because he understands that he's about to die. So he's giving final instructions to his protégé. And he says to him, my son Timothy, in the house of the Lord, in a great house, there are many vessels, Timothy. Hallelujah. Vessels of gold, vessels of silver, vessels of clay, vessels of wood, vessels of honor, and vessels of dishonor. But, but my son Timothy, do not settle for clay. Do not settle for wood. Do not settle for dishonor. You are meant for honor. Hallelujah. And he says, pledge yourself to become a vessel of honor. He's giving specific instructions to his son. He's passing on a baton. And he says, when you look at me, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But I am a vessel of honor. I am a, I'm a man of a teachable spirit. I'm a man that, is, that, is, that knows what it means to be obedient. Hallelujah. Vessels of honor. Hallelujah. Vessels of honor know what it is to sacrifice. Know what it is to sacrifice. They know what it means. Hallelujah. Paul says, I died for it. There are vessels that know concentration or what it means to be set apart. What it means. Great vessels are vessels that know what sanctification is all about. The word of God says in the book of uh, Judges, concentrate yourself. In actually, it's in the book of Joshua. Concentrate yourself and do nothing outdoes the almighty hand. God would do only the great with great vessels. But the responsibility has been given to us. Why is Paul saying to Timothy, purge yourself? Why is he saying purge yourself? He's saying concentrate yourself. Set yourself apart. Because in you is the... So how does wood translate to gold? does that happen? How does all of a sudden clay desire to be gold? Hallelujah. Here's the secret. Hallelujah. The word of God says, okay, let's look at scripture real quick as I come to the close of, uh, of my message. Let's look at scripture. But we have this treasure in what? In earthen vessels. That the excellence of the power may be of what? Of God and not of us. So what is the word of God saying? It's saying inside a clay pot. When you look at it from the outside, you see clay, you see dust and dirt. But inside it, there is something that has given it more value than its outside appearance. There is something inside, hallelujah, that if I were to lift it up, probably from the onset, you will probably say, no, this is not worth what you are telling me, hallelujah. Because you are looking at the outside. They came looking for a man to anoint king. And they say, and, and the word of God says, Samuel said, surely this must be him. Then the Lord says, no, 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 that's not whom I have chosen, hallelujah. I look at their heart, but man looks on the outside. 
There is something that I'm looking for that doesn't exist in this man. I'm looking for a kindred spirit. I'm looking for something that identifies with me. I'm looking for something that belongs to me. Hallelujah. Then the word of God says, and Samuel asks Jesse and says, is there no other? Is there no other? Then he says, I have this small boy that's tending sheep in the field. And Samuel says, can you bring him here? Hallelujah. It was not about what was on the outside. Hallelujah. There was something in him that distinguished him. Hallelujah. There was something that was deposited in him that made him different. It was not the outside thing. There was something in him that said excellence. There was something in him that said a God thing. He had the Lord living in his heart. The word of God says he was a man after the heart of God. And when, the, when he came before Saul, Samuel, Samuel said, this is, the Lord says, this is the one that I have chosen. Anoint him to be a king. Hallelujah. He took his horn. He anointed him. And all of a sudden, the shepherd boy, the despised one, had become the king of Israel. He had been anointed to succeed. So, I want to tell you today, what makes you a vessel of honor is the treasure in you. People might look at you and say, there is nothing about you that speaks godliness. But then the Lord said, I've chosen the confounded so that I can confound the wise. I've chosen the foolish so I can make ridicule of the wise. Because the wisdom of this world, the clay of this world is not what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for vessels of gold. And he says, you have this treasure in earthen vessels so that you might, they might look at you and say, but when you get there, mama, and you lay hands on that girl, she is delivered because there is something in you that's not clay, that's not wood, that's of honor. Because the word of God says uh, there is nothing that's holy except it comes from heaven. They, they, when they said to the Lord, good master, good teacher, and then the master says, there is no one good unless he comes from the above. There is no one that qualifies to be gold unless gold has been deposited in them from heaven above. The Lord is saying uh, you have this treasure in earthen vessels uh, so that the boasting and the glory is not of man. But when they look at you, they say, surely there is something amazing. There is something unique. There is something supernatural. Because the stature, when you look at them out to out, their outside appearance, when you look at their pulchritude, they don't look anything like glory or gold. They don't shine like gold, like gold. But there is something about them. They have a treasure in earthen vessels uh, that speaks of greatness. The glory of you. Christ in you, the hope of all glory. Hallelujah. He is in you, the hope of all glory. All glory now dwells in the flesh. Hallelujah. And distinguishes you. Great vessels of vessels of gold are not defined by the outward appearance, but they are defined from the inside out by the God thing in them. God is saying, I'm looking for a people that I will dwell within, that I can make my vessels of honor. People that will obey to the intimations of the Spirit. People that will hear me when I speak. People that will be available for me. Great vessels are vessels that yield to the bidding of heaven. Yeah. They are vessels that yield to the work of the living God. It doesn't matter to be gifted and talented and not be available. Yeah. One man was looking for a job and he went to this man who owned the shop and said, I'm looking for a job. Then he said, the, 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 the shop owner said, can you weld? Then he says, no, I cannot, I cannot weld. Uh, can, you, uh, can, can you put shells together? He says, no, I cannot. Then he says, okay, now tell me what, what, what use I can have with you. And he says, I leave that next day. I'm going with the ship. God is looking for a people that will say, Lord, I might not be as gifted. I might not be as talented. But God, I am available. Hallelujah. God is looking for vessels that are available. 
because we, he's looking for vessels not that are only available, but he's looking for vessels that are empty so that he can deposit something in them. Until you get to that point, like Jacob that says, Lord, I am a fixer. I am a liar. You cannot be elevated to the place of greatness until you get to that point where you empty yourself. Like Paul that says, I have died. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. That even though they might step on your toe, but you say, praise be unto the living God. Because it is no longer I that lives. When they are expecting you to lash out in anger, but because it's no longer you that lives, you are a vessel of honor, you respond with kindness. When they are expecting you to be angry, but you are different, there is something unique that separates you from everyone else. It is the greatness. It is the God in you that distinguishes you. It is the God thing in you that separates you. It is the spirit of excellence in you that separates you. You are no longer defined according to the outside appearance, but you are defined according to deity. You are a God man. The word of God says in the book of John, they are, we are little gold. We are like gold. Hallelujah. God, when people look at you, they see Jesus with skin on. If they need to find or to hear God's word, they know how to approach it to come to you, brother, and say, what is the Lord saying? Because you are a vessel of honor. Hallelujah. A vessel of honor communicates the message from heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand up to our feet. A vessel of honor is a vessel that desires to be great. Yeah. You cannot be great until you desire, unless you desire. The word of God says, um, the, the word of God says, as Paul was talking about the spiritual gifts, he said, concerning the spiritual gifts, I do not need to be ignorant. Then he says, compare or desire, right? Because desire is a choice. What do you desire? What do you long for? Are you content to be a vessel of dishonor? Hallelujah. A vessel of dishonor is a vessel that needs no defense. People need to don't know whether you are there or you're not there. You're being there looking different. You're being there as more valuable than you. But when you're a vessel of honor, you are able, the greatest thing you can do is to edify the people through things other than what you do. That's honor. Amen. That's honor. When you live your life as a testimony of the gospel. When people want to see that, they look at you and say, God, look at this guy. Vessels of honor are valuable. <coughs> the greatest role model we have is Christ. The word of God says, Paul, like I said, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He's a role model. What separates him is who he is. He's likened to the Son of God. He is Jesus the Savior. He is Jesus the you can be Jesus with skin on to somebody. What makes a warehouse into a warehouse is the type of vessel that is talking about within you. This house will be a warehouse because you're a vessel. This house will be a warehouse because you're a warehouse. This house will be a warehouse because you are a person of honor. This house will be a warehouse because you are a person of this house will be a great house because you are available. Yeah, you are available. Amen. This house will be a great house because you take, you make sacrifices for the kingdom of God. When they give statistics about churches that have grown or about evangelism, you know, the greatest way of evangelism or the most effective method of evangelism once again what's the most effective method of evangelism our life our lifestyle 
Depende de usted. When you invite someone to the church, that's what has made churches successful. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not just the TV ministry, it's not Facebook. Yeah, though we have all those things, but the most effective way to bring somebody to the house of the Lord, somebody that knows the Lord, when you call them and say, come to the house of the Lord, yeah, come and see what has made me to be what I am. Come and see the reason why I talk the way I am. Come and see why I speak the way I speak. Come and see why I have the zeal that I have for, for God. Then they come and they say, oh, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. I've got to have what they have. I need that treasure in me as well. I need something that changes my identity. I'm no longer defined as clay anymore, but I'm a vessel of honor. I'm a vessel of gold. I'm a vessel of silver. I'm a vessel of honor. Yay, it is up to us. Hallelujah. But we decide today to say, you know what? My life will be a ministry, a living ministry. Wherever I walk, wherever I talk, when people hear me speak, they'll give God all the glory because I am here to give God all the honor. When the word of God says they are vessels of honor, it means you give honor to God. Your life gives honor to God. Everything about you is not just self. It's not just about me, me, me all the time. But you have yielded to a greater calling. The calling of heaven to bring souls to, to plant us more and more. That's the call, one of the core values of this ministry. As a ministry, one of our core values is we rise to evangelize. We, we rise to love. Hallelujah. Love. Love somebody. Love with somebody. Love with somebody. Where you say, you know what? This person is going through that, but I, I want to love them to Christ. You know you can love somebody to Christ. This world is desperate for love. People are looking for someone that will just call me, you know, just give them a call and just say, I just want to destroy my life with you. I just want to destroy you. Hallelujah. Yeah, church vessels are vessels that learn, that are teachable. I was speaking to one of my pastor friends yesterday. talking about leadership and I sat there and I, I began to sob and ask questions because I realized that there are people that have gone through experiences that I've not gone through there are people that have gone through situations that I've, I've not gone through but I've learned a great deal and one, of, one, one, one wise man says mentorship is wisdom without fear meaning where I had to learn things the hard way because somebody already went through the hard way. I don't have to learn it the hard way. All I have to do is go and say, but how did you do this and that? Yeah, great vessels are vessels that ask questions, willing to learn, observe, observe, look and behold the people that are doing well. Look at the stars that are in the sky and say, that star, Lord, what makes it shine? Yeah. There are stars so many stars that are standing. I said, great vessels are vessels of great people. In this world, it's easy to make our standards people that have failed. It's easy to make our standards people that have not made it, to be what defines us. But look, the word of God says, to Abraham, lift up your eyes and see the foundation of the as the stars of the sky. And he says, there's no one like this man. Yeah, now, what God was talking, and he says, as the stand of the, of the, of, of, of the seashore and as the, the stars of the sky. Now, the stand, he means the clay. But even to Abraham's stand, there are those that are Of God says Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Even to Abraham, his heirs there are those that are qualified. Hallelujah. That are not the that are not by sons because of the flesh. That are not sons because of fleshly inheritance, but they are sons because they have known God. 
we as a church, we are sons of Abraham by faith. Hallelujah. When we lift up our eyes, when I lift up my eyes, I see Life, life Fellowship lifted up as well. I see you there glowing in beauty. I see you there shining as a star. And I say, Lord, your glory in your people, Lord. Yes, Lord, you've put something unique, something tremendous, something powerful, something different in your children. Come on, begin to pray and say, Lord, make me, hallelujah. Make me a vessel of honor. Lord, make me a vessel of honor. Lord, make me a vessel of honor. Come on, begin to pray for your life and say, Lord, I will not be a vessel of dishonor, but Lord, I will bring glory to your kingdom. I will bring honor to your kingdom. I'll, I'll bring praise to your name. I'll bring honor to your name, Lord. Hey, we are bringing honor. We give you honor, Lord. We give you honor. Lord, my life, Lord, will be lived for you. My life will glorify you, Lord. Ah, my life will be a life with a difference. I'm called to be a difference maker. Mighty, mighty God. If you are here and you need prayer, you say from today onward, I need my life. To minister Christ. I need my life to be a life that's that's that that's 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 a different life. I need you to come up. I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Mighty mighty God, we have a special responsibility as a ministry, as individuals. We have great responsibilities. Mighty mighty God. Of gold. I am gold. Now 